You're listening to The Journey Podcast. How can we navigate the challenges of traumatic brain injury and find hope in the journey of healing? Today's episode delves into the complexities of TBI, its impact and strategies for recovery. Hi, I'm Petra Brunbauer, and with decades of experience with sadness, pain, anxiety, and stress, I finally figured out how to leave all that behind. And this podcast shows you how to break free permanently so you can reclaim your sanity and find the self-esteem and energy to go after the life you desire. With real talk about mental health, holistic healing, and the tough journey of coming out the other end, this is The Journey Podcast. Welcome to today's episode. Today is part of Mental Illness Awareness Week in the US, and this is a special bonus episode. In this episode, we turn our attention to the topic of traumatic brain injury. Our discussion delves into the challenges and implications of TBI, exploring its effects on physical, cognitive, and emotional well-being. Our guest offers his insights into the various aspects of recovery, treatment, and support for individuals dealing with TBI. We discuss the importance of a comprehensive approach that addresses both the medical and emotional aspects of healing. Daniel Gospodarek is a licensed clinical social worker in Denver, Colorado. He sustained a traumatic brain injury in 2009 from a motor vehicle accident. Through his recovery process, he began to explore the social work profession and ways to give back to the community in which he lives. Let's meet Daniel Gospodarek. Hi, Daniel. It's so great to have you on the podcast today. I've been looking forward to getting to chat with you because traumatic brain injury is such an important topic for mental health and holistic healing. So welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, it's my pleasure. And for starters, do you want to share a little bit about yourself and your story and how you came to do what you do? Yeah, for sure. So a little bit about me family and I live in Denver, Colorado right now. And I'm a licensed clinical social worker here and I work full time. And then I also do private practice on the side. But the story begins again with the traumatic brain injury. So it was July 7, 2009 in my home state of Wisconsin. And the car I was in, I was a passenger and it was just a one car accident. And we ended up rolling over four times. And Luckily, nobody was ejected, but I was unconscious and the driver at the time was my next door neighbor from my childhood home. And he was able to locate our cell phones and call EMS. And then once EMS arrived, he was actually coincidentally talking to his mom, who's a nurse. And because it was rural Wisconsin, they were going to take me to a small hospital just to be admitted. And she told them not to because of the time delays if I had a brain injury. And then they decided to take me right to a higher level trauma hospital. And that probably saved my life. So once I was there, I had to have brain surgery. My left lung was collapsed. I fractured my skull. And then I also had a stroke in my left frontal lobe. So that's kind of where the whole story starts. And you know, from there on, I was in a coma for three days. 
a medically induced coma. And then they would start weaning me out of the coma during the daytime and then put me back in at nighttime. And then I did 10 days in the ICU, seven days in inpatient rehab. So physical therapy, I did a few sessions of occupational therapy and then started speech therapy. And then after I was discharged, did three months of physical therapy and then 17 months of speech therapy afterwards. So it's been a long road. Oh, yeah. What a journey. And thank you for sharing that with us. And I, for one, am very glad that you're here today with us talking about what you went through, because I think, I don't know if you know any statistics or anything, but how common are traumatic brain injuries for people? Is it a fairly common thing that happens or is this rather rare? I actually just wrote a blog post on this. So I think in 2019, (laughs) I think the Centers of Disease Control, and I don't have it pulled up, so I'm just pulling from memory. I think there was 191 million brain injuries in the US. That may be off, but... So, and brain injuries are also, they can be concussions, right? So thinking of those sports related activities, right? From the mild concussions to severe where it's brain bleeds or strokes, right? There are definitely different pieces to it. So, yeah. So it does sound like actually this happens a lot more than we might think. And a lot Mm -hmm. more people might be affected by this than you would just kind of even like you said for sports and things like that and it sounds like your recovery was very long and like you said it was also complicated and what did that look like for you did you have to learn to speak again you said you had speech therapy did you have to Mm -hmm. learn certain functions again like walking or using arms legs like what did that look like for you so i lost 20 pounds in the icu So going from a pretty fit functioning 17-year-old to losing 20 pounds, I was like a skeleton. And then I wasn't able to walk on my own. So I needed to hold a wheelchair and I needed to have two nurses. And they're called gate belts here in the States. So like thick belts that go around your waist that like the nurses could hold on to if you started to fall, right? But I wasn't able to shower by myself. Like it's it's weird. You go from this huge independent, I shouldn't say huge, but like massively independent person to now, like you can't do anything without anyone. Right. So that shift in identity, that shift in grief and loss. And you're just like, what's going on in my life? Yeah. I was just going to ask you about that next as well. Yeah, (laughs) That must've been a huge shock. I mean, you were a teenager ready to take on life, you know, pick out colleges or go to work. And all of a sudden, like you said, you can't even do anything on your own. So Mm -hmm. what were some of those challenges that you found mentally, emotionally in your road to recovery? What did you run into? So I think from the TBI specifically, like challenges around like impulsivity, right? Not having a my mental filters were not there. So irritability and anger, especially usually around your caregivers, because they're the ones that are around you the most. And those are kind of hallmarks of TBIs. The fatigue level too from the TBI. And I don't know if it's your body that's healing, if it's your body almost like shock or what it is exactly. But I would go to bed at like seven or eight at night and sleep until eight or nine in the morning. I would still wake up tired like for a year and a half or so 
So those are some of the pieces around the TBI in terms of like mental health. And then also the speech therapy was focused on executive functioning and really working on like working memory, recall, and just thought formulation in a way that felt like I had lost some of those things in terms of like how to express myself. Or I would say like, I know the word, but I can't say it. Right. So that's where speech therapy was really going to come in. There were concerns because of the area of the brain, the left temporal lobe, that I may have to learn how to speak again. But my language was itself was pretty intact, but my ability to express myself was where speech therapy really worked. So I cannot even imagine what that would be like, what you were going through. And Apart from the physical damage that happens when you have a brain injury, does that heal again? Or do you find that some of these things, they stick around long term? Like, do you still have challenges now? It's been quite some time since you sustained the injury. Do you feel like there are still things that are cropping up for you now that you experience? So I think the physical injury heals to the extent just like your normal body would, right? The injury is always going to be there, though, like a scar. Your brain has so much plasticity that you're able to recreate and develop these new neural pathways to help compensate or just go around those areas that were injured. And I would say for now, when I push myself really hard or like only get a few hours of sleep at night for consecutive nights in a row, I can notice that there are still some difficulties with memory finding, but those are very extreme. I mean, it has to be two or three, four nights where I'm only getting two or three hours of sleep or, you know, high levels of stress or something like a family member's ill where those pieces crop up. But if I can get, you know, six to eight hours of sleep a night, I can function without too many hindrances. Yeah. The amazing power of the body and the brain to regenerate. And like you said, the neuroplasticity, that is incredible. Mm -hmm. And I know that you decided to continue your education also, and, and you went on to do more schooling. How did you find that after the TBI? Did you find that challenging in any way? Was there any frustrations as you were going through school, especially related to, you know, some of the emotions or maybe memory limitations that you encountered, or like you said, the impulse control that how did you experience that? All great questions. So my anxiety spiked after the accident. And that was something really figuring out ways to manage it. And, you know, fitness, yoga, right? All these different ways, getting decent amounts of sleep were all parts of, I don't know, the treatment process, right? And also going to therapy myself. So I think those pieces helped with pursuing education and regulation of symptoms. I wasn't sure where I was going to go to school or what I was going to go to school for until I talked to my sister, who's also a social worker. And then I was like, okay, this is a sweet degree. Go for it. My first year of undergrad, I lived at home just because it was a big transition from going high school right to undergrad and possibly living on campus with all the different distractions and parties and social gatherings, right? So opted to live at home, and I only took the minimum level of credits, which actually 
in the end costed us more money or me more money in terms of going to school because I needed to do more time. And then after I graduated, I figured out that the degree itself got me to where I wanted to be for the moment, but I needed to keep going in terms of a master's. And that is kind of why we landed here in Denver. So I graduated with my master's in 2017. So yeah, what a wonderful accomplishment and something to be so proud of. I know even when you get older, it gets harder to study. And I cannot even imagine how you doing that while working with this injury. So, wow, just humbled by the things you have achieved. So that is amazing. And you mentioned a little bit your anxiety spiked and you tried to find ways to manage that. Do you find that there is any support when you have a traumatic brain injury as far as, you know, the hospital and your doctors, they do provide some support, but is there things that you have to look for outside of that to find that healing and to find more modalities that help you? How did you find that situation? So I think I have a really incredible family. One of my sisters is also my other one of my other sisters, also a nurse. <laughs> and so we're kind of in this helping profession, right? So there was a lot of suggestions and try this, try that, which kind of prompted me to try new things to see if that alleviated anxiety or, you know, just helped with different things. I think a lot of it really didn't come until grad school when my mind was kind of open to the nonprofit world. And I know here in Colorado, there's the Brain Injury Alliance Center. And like that is a huge nonprofit that only works with TBIs and their support systems, right? And I didn't know at the time if that was something that is located also in Wisconsin in terms of maybe it's a different program, but it does similar things, right? So I think my mind was really open. So if you're not a connected through higher education or connected through a professional going through the TBI recovery or somebody that's supporting somebody in a TBI recovery process, I think sometimes this information is difficult to locate mm-hmm. and it's not always out there. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. Certainly it would be good for people to start looking just outside what they're being offered probably to see if there are, like you said, nonprofits where they live or organizations or associations that could help in their situations. Now you work in social services. Now you, you also work in private practice and did your own injury affect your choice of work in any kind of way? Did you find that that influenced you somehow or helped you choose the profession, so to speak? Yeah. So through and after the injury, I knew it was going to be somewhere in the helping services, right? Or the helping professions. I didn't know where speech therapist, physical therapist, until I spoke with my sister. And then she was like, yeah, this is check this out. And I kind of read about it and like all the different things you can do from social work, right? From community to hospital, to nonprofit, to private practice, right? All these different avenues that you can go. And I was very intrigued. And then I met some of the professors and I was like, this is it. But all my professors also had master's degrees too, or PhDs. And I'm like, okay, this is just a stepping stone, right? Yeah. 
Wow. It definitely, it definitely oriented towards that. And it definitely oriented towards like being where I'm at today in terms of private practice. And one of my areas of specialty are working with folks who have TBIs in terms of therapy, as well as coaching too. Yeah. And I'm sure that in this whole journey that you've had since you've sustained the injury, that there are good days and bad days. And sometimes I could imagine there's a lot of frustration. Maybe things aren't progressing as quickly as you want them to, or you're frustrated at the things that aren't working how you want them to. How do you help people in your practice overcome that frustration, the pain, the anxiety also that you've talked about to help them start on the road to recovery? Is there anything that you can tell them or share that might help when people feel that way? I think there are a few different things that can help people. And I think everyone's unique in what might help them. Right. So I'm going to talk in very vague terms, just because if I say like acceptance and people are going to be like, what do you mean by acceptance? Right. Like an acceptance is not passive, right. It's very active. And I use a lot of acceptance and commitment therapy in my work, partially because it also highlights values and Sometimes when we have TBIs or mental illness, we can't live out our values how we once could, right? So for me, being into high adrenaline sports before the accident, right? Like, I can't do snowboarding now. Like, I mean, I could, right? May not be the best decision, right? So I don't. And so how do we find out ways to live out the value of maybe I can't do high intensity sports anymore? or high-risk activities in terms of outdoor events. But what can I do maybe on a lower level or a different level that still brings me that joy and I can still pursue my values, right? And that part of acceptance and commitment therapy or ACT is picking out those values and also then using a lot of mindfulness and present moment focus skills because it is shitty, right? Like you can't call it what it's not, right? Like it sucks. Yeah. And being yeah, able to absolutely. learn how to hold that, right? And if there's aspects of like guilt, shame, you know, we can also utilize EMDR therapy or eye movement desensitization and reprocessing if there are those pieces or pieces of trauma from the actual accident or just from anyone's life, right? Like you could get a TBI multiple ways, right? Or you can have trauma without a TBI and EMDR can really help with that too. Yeah. And like you mentioned before, there also seems to be a sense of loss coming to terms with the things you cannot do anymore. And, and who are you now in this new situation? So do you work with people on that as well on kind of reorienting and, and processing that loss that they feel? Yeah. So grief and loss is a significant piece, right? What somebody could do before, what they can't do after. And I use my example, right? Because I was going into my senior year of high school, but if somebody is a primary income earner for their house, right? And they can't execute at that level. So maybe it's a job change. Maybe it's an income change, right? That's not just grief and loss for one person. It's grief and loss for a whole family unit, right? Identity shifts, all those pieces come into play. And it's a very intricate web of areas of challenge and of areas of also growth. Yeah, so do you find that... When people work with you, do you sometimes work with the whole family? So, I mean, if that affects not just one person, like you just mentioned, do you work with sort of the maybe children or parents or something like that? Yeah, definitely. 
Definitely will, right? And and also do some coaching. So I'll do family consultations or family coaching. It can also be really beneficial too. Also have conversations around like how do I destimulate the environment or maybe increase stimulation in the environment, right? Depending on how the TBI is impacting the person, right? Concerns around you know, what can we do to better support this person in their recovery process? Right. Those are all conversations that are fair game and coaching and family, you know, family consulting. So, yeah. And by what you said before that you have an amazing family, it sounds to me that having a good support system in that recovery is also a hugely important factor. So whether that's your loved ones or coaching or some kind of therapy also. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We don't get better in a vacuum. Usually, I think that's part of the challenges with recovery with or without a TBI and just mental illness in general. Sometimes people are just wanting one person to fix them. And usually it's a multidimensional approach or a multidisciplinary team that's supporting that growth, right? It's not just meds. It's not just therapy. It's not just, you know, a job coach or whatever it might be. It's all these things working together to create this level of support to really move people to where they want to go in life. Yeah, that's a really good point. <laughs> so we're not islands. <laughs> we need to mm-hmm. connect. <laughs> that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. And so we've heard a little bit about the work that you do and also that you work in private practice. Do you have any specific programs or services that you'd like to mention so that our listeners can know how they can connect with you if they want to work with you in their healing journey? Yeah, for sure. So TBI is one of my areas of specialty. I'm very well connected to the TBI community here in Colorado. My other areas, and this is for individual therapy, I also do some couples therapy as well, but only couples therapy when mental illness is impacting their relationship dynamic. So my other areas of specialty include schizophrenia or thought disorders, mood disorders, so bipolar depression, I push anxiety into there, and then also trauma, PTSD, complex PTSD. So those kind of four areas, mood, thought, trauma, and then traumatic brain injuries are where my specialties lie. So happy to have a phone call or an email exchange or, you know, set up some type of services or coaching, depending on where they're located. Perfect. Thank you so much for sharing that. And we will be linking to all of Daniel's offerings in the show notes as well. So be sure to check there on how you can get in touch with him. If you'd like to work with him or if you have a loved one who needs some help and support and you'd like to find out what kind of services are available for you, feel free to get in touch and start working with Daniel. Well, this has been another incredible episode, and I really hope that our listeners have connected with this journey into traumatic brain injury as deeply as I have. I know this is a difficult and very emotional topic, and I hope that you sharing your experiences today has shed some light on what happens and how people can find healing and move forward and the things that are possible after sustaining an injury like that. It has been amazing chatting with you today, Daniel. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom and your experiences with us today. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Yeah, it was my pleasure. And take great care. Have an excellent day. Thank you. You too. Bye. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day to listen in. If you enjoy the Journey podcast, please support us by subscribing, sharing on social media and leaving us a review. We appreciate you. 
And you can find more of The Journey on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and our website, thejourney.com. Sending you love and courage and see you next time.